Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Everybody, welcome back to Elder Scrolls Off the Record for episode number 83. We are back for another week. And in a second, I'm going to introduce a guest host for the night. Or a guest, not really a host per se, because we're going to be uh, asking him questions. But first, I am Joe the Widget Wilson, and I am joined by my fellow co host. The first is the vigorous Ivarwin. Hey, Joe! Hello, Joe! Hello, chat room! We are joined, as always, by the luring master himself, the volatile Louis Alon. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone in the chat room. What's going on? What's up, Lou? And bring up the right uh, question to Lou, and volatile can happen. <laughs> yeah, it can. <laughs> we are joined by the vacant David Deanforce Adams. <laughs> oh, my God. I was actually muted right then. Like, that was real. That was not me joking around about being vacant. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to another great episode. And we are joined by the vexing Shank the Tank. That, I take it back. This week's is probably the most accurate description you've given me, Joe. <laughs> so, <laughs> in that case, hello, everybody. What's up? And joining us on the call is Bethesda's own Matt Grandstaff, a.k.a. the G-Staff. Hello. Hey! Hey! hey. 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 <laughs> Let me if I get this right. You're the uh, global community director? I got promoted. I think it's just lead, but lead. yeah, what, it's something. <laughs> global he's a, community lead. He's a community guy. So right. global community lead—that's a—that's a big enough job for you, man. Yeah, going around the globe. I'm uh, busy uh, with a lot of stuff right now. Uh, actually, going to Tokyo in two weeks for the first time to uh, do some stuff for the Evil Within. So looking forward to that. Oh, oh, cool. oh I'm jealous! You. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I just have to learn how to drift, and then I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the Pokemon for Dave. <laughs> you got it. They're not kidding. Bring back the Pokemon. Yeah, for sure. It's a Pokemon for Dave. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the show, we have some ads to get into. And Yvonne, would you lead us into it? Sure thing. So thanks to Tweaked Audio for sponsoring our show in part today. Uh, for quality earbuds and free worldwide shipping. And unbeatable customer service, of course. You'll get a lifetime warranty, but you got to drop our code in off the record. 
you'll save 30% off your entire order. And that's all at tweakedaudio.com. And as we like to say, this episode was made awesome by fans such as Winnie from TESAlliance.org and DruidGameworks.com. Druid Gameworks will be starting their Kickstarter campaign in the next few days. Please visit DruidGameworks.com for the latest development news and tell us what you want in the next-gen RPG. Thanks so much, as always, from Witty. All right, we're going to get straight into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, and we're going to chill with the G-Staff. Ivarwin, let's take it away, buddy. So we've got Bethesda's Global Community Lead Manager... Matt Grandstaff is joining us today, uh, and we wanted to talk to him because the latest, uh, or I should say the uh, yeah, the latest product that, that Bethesda has come out with regarding the Elder Scrolls universe is the, uh, the Elder Scrolls Anthology. That is right. We uh, released it was that two weeks ago, a week ago, um, and it's, it's PC only. It comes in a cool little book. To which I am opening now. Got Arena. I'm looking at him right now. I'm turning the page. Daggerfall. When you get to Morrowind, it's got the game. It's got the coveted construction set disc. In case you lost that, mm. it's got the disc for Tribunal and Blood Moon. It's got Oblivion and all its DLC and the legendary version of Skyrim. I mean, this this set, Matt, is freaking fantastic. It really it's a it's a beautifully well put together set. Um, you know, it comes uh, it's got a it's got a big plastic hard shell case and then you open this up and then um it has a you know, another another plastic case a uh, hard case in there and then it opens up further from and it op- it looks like a book. Yep. Uh first page is is going to be the the arena disc. Second page you fold it out. Um you know, it's it's uh, the daggerfall disc in there. And it's just, it really is absolutely beautiful. Um, what, what can you tell us about, like, why, why now? You've, uh, got, well, you've got five Elder Scrolls games. Um, the series, you know, I mean, Pete Hines kind of, like, said that on Twitter that, you know, if this was going to be the every Elder Scrolls game we're ever going to release, we would have called it that. So there's, there's obviously more coming either in the near or the distant future. So why, why at five, the anthology? Well, one... Uh, we, I mean, it's pretty obvious we have another game coming because the Elder Scrolls Online is our next game uh, for Elder Scrolls fans. Um, why? It's kind of something that we wanted to do for a really long time, um, and there's a there's a few things with it. Um, one, just kind of seeing something that gave you a visual of how to do it. Um, one of my colleagues, who's a good friend of mine, who's the head of our sales department. You know, he had always wanted to, to do something like this, and I just happened to have had the uh, the James Bond Blu-ray collection mm-hmm. that kind of has a very similar uh, layout. And I was like, "Look at this! This is the way you do it right here. You make a book like this." And he was like, "That's great." And um, I wasn't in their discussions about how how that all went, but. Uh, you know, it wasn't long after that that I started seeing the James Bond Blu-ray collection in the office, and like this is something we could do, and kind of move from there. Um, another part of it is uh, with with Arena and Daggerfall, specific, and they're not the 
Hold on, Matt. I think uh, I think we your audio dropped there for a second with uh, Arena and Daggerfall. What was that? How about now? Yeah. Okay. With with Arena and Daggerfall, uh, as a lot of people know, they're they're older games and not the easiest or friendly things to run. Uh, you know, you're, you're generally using a DOS box emulator. And when uh, when I started in 2007, I think Arena was already available as a free download. And I think Daggerfall was a couple years after that, maybe around the 15th anniversary of the series. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Todd and Pete and I talked about putting it on the site, and uh, there were some questions like, you know, does this is this going to run how people want? And I, I worked with our QA guys, and they, they gave me a, a walkthrough of, of what to do on DOSBox. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is easy enough to do, but it's one of those things where if you're selling a product and, you know, you bought this you know, off a shelf at Walmart or something, and you're expecting it to run like any other PC game, there was a lot of work involved with it. Um, but we happen to have a producer here uh, named Jason, Berger, Jason Bergman. Uh, he was our internal or our external producer for Fallout New Vegas. Uh, right now he's also working with Tango on The Evil Within. And he's just a big mm. Elder Scrolls fan, and he actually worked on working on new installers, talking with the guys at DOSBox. So it wasn't just kind of trial by fire getting DOSBox to work. It was working directly with those guys to get an optimal performance with both Arena and Daggerfall. So uh, the installers on the disc uh, makes it pretty easy. Um, you know, you can still play the free versions that, that you can download off elderscrolls.com, uh, but they do not have that installer and obviously, it makes the anthology a hell of a lot cooler if you have all the discs uh, included. So, sure, nice, some nice uh, fan service. Um, I have to say, you know, that that brings up a good point too about Arena and Daggerfall being free on the Bethesda site. Um, I've I've downloaded Arena and Daggerfall from the site, but through Steam uh, and catching some Steam sales, I actually have Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And I, as far as Elder Scrolls fans go, I don't think I'm, you know, alone in that. You know, I think a lot of a lot of fans have have all of those games at least accessible somehow, some way. Um, what what would you think would make a a fan of Elder Scrolls want to purchase the anthology series if they already have the games? Uh, well, there's some there's some tricky parts to that. Um, Obviously, the collector's case is cool. Having a, you know, we've got a map for uh, for each one of the games. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. These things are really awesome, by the way. You know, we got Skyrim. We've got a full map of Tamriel. I'm just, I opened all the maps. I actually had left everything wrapped in that little plastic rubber band until day. Yeah. Like I'd already seen them. But it, it's the maps that people know. Um, you know, I'm the kind of person that when... Star Wars is out. I don't know how many t- how many times have I bought Star Wars on DVD or Blu-ray? Like probably four times. Yeah, it's um, definitely true. And, and you know, there's a little hook here or there. Uh, one of the things that's nice is like if you know if you bought Morrowind on Steam, you're not going to have the construction set disc. How you found the construction set, um, I can't really talk about um, because 
you know, it's from like a torrent or something like that. Well, there I go. I talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. But, uh, so, you know, the, there's little touches like that. Um, it's actually a nice, kind of a weird thing that hard to, for me to explain to people, but people were asking if this required steam or if it didn't require steam. Right. And so what we ended up doing is we knew we had to make Skyrim steam activated because that's just how the game works already. Um, but since we also had Morrowind and Oblivion on Steam and didn't know, you know, is somebody just going to want to go into Steam instead of installing off the disk, uh, what we had them do is when they created new Steam codes that were included, uh, the Steam code activates Skyrim, but it also activates the other two games, the Deluxe Edition of Oblivion and uh, the uh, Game of the Year Edition of Morrowind. So if you had... Uh, box copy of Oblivion and you never had, and or you had the Game of the Year edition, you never had the Fighter's Stronghold, the code is the deluxe version, so it's another reason to get Oblivion where you might not have had all the, the smaller DLCs at that point. What's um what's the deal with this uh, construction set disc? What can you what can you tell me about that? Because I, I literally know nothing about this. Um, I know a little bit about it, but basically okay. the gist is that you know, with Oblivion and Skyrim, it was something you downloaded off our site or off the wiki. And I think way back in 2002, it was delivered as a disc. And that's the big difference. Um, so when you go to buy Morrowind on uh, on Steam, they, it doesn't include that. So we'd have people asking, okay. you know, where's the construction set disc? It's like, it's on eBay. It's on Amazon. Now I can say it's in the Elder Scrolls anthology. Now you, you get it for the anthology. Yep. Um, I got to tell you, one, one of the things that it was, this was an instant buy for me. We, we reported when, when, um, when, when you posted on Beth, you, you post all the stuff on Beth blog, right? That's you. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was in Texas at QuakeCon backstage while Pete's announcing it on stage. I was putting up the posts, uh, across the world. Yeah. Well, we caught it. <laughs> and uh, we reported that week as well uh, that this thing was coming out. Uh, as soon as I saw this, the first thing in my mind was, despite the fact that I have these games already on Steam, I thought, I have to get that. And and the, the whole show, too, We all of us were like, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money. Yeah, I think, I, I think we said that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We did. We started throwing money at the screen, at least I did. <laughs> does anybody ever literally do that like I, you always see that as the response to something I, take my money or, or they show the uh, the two Nintendo guys like in that uh, gif of it you know it prints money I, I want to see people actually doing that I gotta be honest Matt when we first found out about ESO coming out and we got all the goodies on it I threw my credit cards at my screen nice <laughs> 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 I like it. Yeah. So, Matt, uh, sorry, did I just interrupt you, Varwin? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Chuck. I, I got a question for you, dude. Um, regarding the anthology, now that you have all the uh, you know all the games and their glory and their awesome maps and stuff, which one of those is your favorite? Which one of the games? Yeah. Uh, honestly, honestly, I am. It, it sounds lame, but it's it's Skyrim. 
it's not the it's not the cool answer, but uh, a lot of it is is probably because I, I was around for the whole uh, development process um, and and working on it. Uh, I think when I started Oblivion, I think when Oblivion when Shivering Isles had just come out like a month before I started, and so I got to post some information about a content ID error. But uh, other than that, like, I was only involved with, you know, announcing Fighter Stronghold and stuff like that. So really, just the whole, the connection with Skyrim for me is probably the biggest thing. It's a pretty damn good game, too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not too shabby. Like, I, I mean, I, that's understandable. That, it's I mean, the best. You work on something... Yeah, you work on something for so long. I, I can definitely understand that. You know, hey, like this is my hard work that I'm putting out there. Yeah, so like we did those I mean, podcasts with the team and, and you know being in their meetings and stuff like that. Like you, you saw it from a very early state to holy, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess uh, you know with the with the three games uh, with the you know with Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. Um, Obviously, one of the huge parts uh, about this game is the enormous community and the uh, you know the modding community. So, what are your? Um, I guess uh, how from you know within the industry, how has that influenced uh, you guys in creating the game? And like, has it led to some stuff that you know you might not have thought of before? And you're like, you know, hey, that's cool. Like, that's something cool from the community that we're seeing, and uh, something like that. Oh, it, definitely. Um, it, there's definitely things where p- people see it and, and there's an influence from it. Um, we do have a super talented team here, so they all have oh, their yeah. ideas uh, that they want to bring to the games they're working on. Um, but, but something like, uh, and I forget the mods that it was, but there were some mods uh, probably as early as, I, I want to say even before we released the uh, creation kit, um, Involving uh, house stuff that you know people were seeing that when they were doing the game jam and saying you know I can see how some of this stuff would work into Hearthfire. So that's definitely a thing that happens. Um, yeah. Whether or not somebody asks a question, I think you should add. Um, I was going to use an example that I think is coming up in a bit into the game. Uh, we're not necessarily going to add that uh, fish slash person creature. To the game, but <laughs> but uh, you know we do look at at a big picture of what people are wanting to see in the game. Gotcha. Have you guys ever? Did you guys ever consider at some point adding anything like the uh, the Elder Scrolls Adventures Red Guard? Uh, you know, we talked about it, and, and we certainly got questions about it. And uh, the feeling was those those games take place in uh the world of the elder scrolls but in terms of the elder scrolls series it's you know one through five and these are the five games um whether or not that's something that i I don't know if it's something that would be possible to put it on steam at some point but uh yes please we would would let everybody know but um (laughs) focus was really one through five gotcha yeah i've always wanted to try the the little offshoot games you guys did there was two of them i believe red garden i forgot the name of the other one Aspire. Yep, that one. And if you had a Nokia N-Gage, I think uh, there's some version of... There's some variation of Oblivion that they had and also uh, something called Shadow Key. And for the longest time when I sat... Well, 
right near where I'm sitting right now in the conference room, uh, we had like a shelf of all of our games, and I would always look up at the N-Gage games and go, wow. Like, <laughs> I can't believe there's Elder Scrolls N-Gage games. What's some of the up-and-coming stuff right now that, that sort of has the, uh, the studio buzzing regarding you know, anything Elder Scrolls? Which studio? Or well, yours. Oh, Bethesda Game Studios. Yeah. Um, you know, I think everybody here is kind of rallying around, not just at Bethesda Game Studios, but um, at all the studios in the Bethesda Zenimax umbrella are kind of rallying around uh, the Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, a lot of us are are in the beta, so um, that's that's the big thing for for the series right now. Um, now, do you have a copy of the anthology? I, d- I do. Have you have you tried um, any of the games other than than Skyrim? Uh, well, I mean, since I got them, literally, literally, I just unpackaged my copy of the game uh, before before we got on this call because I wanted to uh, have a look at the maps themselves. I mean, I had opened yeah, it already cool. and flipped through the pages. The good news for me is about, I think the last time we talked, I, I gave my sad story about my wife and how she likes Macs, and, right. and at home we, we are a Mac family, which doesn't play well for PC games. Yeah. Um, but about six weeks ago, I got a new uh, pretty high-end uh, gaming laptop, so oh, nice. I, I've, I've put my... Uh, my 360 and my PS3 to bed. I've been playing a lot. Well, until I got GTA 5 this week. Um, <laughs> you and me both, sir. You and me both. Uh, yeah, some pretty fun stuff happening in that. And, and actually, just a side note, like it's really fun playing that game and seeing the kind of uh, the systems working in the game where it reminds me of Skyrim, like the crazy that you see where a... Uh, uh, a giant is chasing you, and and you're in a battle, and like all of a sudden the giant takes out uh, a bear or something, and you see it flying off in the distance, and and just seeing that kind of stuff now in GTA, it's like oh, it kind of feels like suburban Skyrim right now. I, I've heard a lot of that actually. A lot of a lot of people were saying so far that it kind of feels like a like a suburban Skyrim. So true. <laughs> I, I can I give you my amazing moment from the other day. Oh yeah, please. Yeah. All right. This is this GTA podcast is brought to you by G Staff. <laughs> um, For the grandest staff out there, go to G Staff. <laughs> um, I was at a stoplight and I needed uh, I needed a ride, and there was like a delivery truck, which is you know the fastest vehicle you can choose. So I chose that, and the guy just like pushes me out of the car as I try to climb in, and we start a fight. And then, like, right next to it, there's another lane of traffic. And the, a car pulls up. Like, he's ready to beat my ass, and I'm on the other side of the car. And then he, like, looks at me, and then he, it's like he lost interest, and he just finds a car right behind it in traffic and pulls another guy out of the car and then gets out and pulls another guy out of the car behind him. And I was just like, what is happening here? Like, <laughs> It was pretty great. So, <laughs> Um, where were we now that the GTA moment is over? Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> cut that out. Oh yeah, so so yeah, I have my uh, uh, my laptop now, and uh, I'm really excited to fire up Morrowind 
uh, it's something where I, that's probably going to be the time investment and uh, you know I'll, I'll, I'll be dabbling with Arena and Daggerfall as time permits um, but uh, I, I really want to spend more time with Morrowind yeah I've heard a lot of people um, you know on the forums and all that obviously you know that people uh, really herald Morrowind as you know, other than Skyrim, probably one of the one of the best games in the series. Now, I I kind of feel like the best games in the series happen to be Oblivion and Skyrim. Without, you know, one really eking out over the over each other. I kind of feel like they're they're sort of on par with each other in certain levels. Um, but some people really go nuts over Marwyn. They're they're really all for it. They think it's the best one in the series. Yeah, I mean the the, the mod support. I mean the game came the game is eleven years old now. Um, and it's probably every month I see on a major news site something cool about um, how people are, are redoing the world and, and just how awesome it looks. And it's like, that looks like Oblivion. No, now, now it's been a few more years. Now it looks like Skyrim. Like, they do a really incredible job. Yeah. What's, um, what's some of the things that you've seen on the forums regarding either the anthology as a whole or all of the, the games uh, that you feel are sort of like misconceptions that you'd like to clear up on air right now? Anything in particular or a few things? Uh, I mean, the, the things that I was kind of focusing on, I would see somebody like, oh, great, so... Um, it's all steam activated and 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 it's not it's a uh, we wanted to have something that kind of brought you the original games how they were delivered so only skyrim's a steam version everything else if you want to play oblivion yeah i think it had a disc check that was required um but every you know everything else is is just how you would kind of remember it aside from arena being also available as a floppy we did we did not include a floppy um, so it really has a nice nostalgia to it. Uh, the other thing I see a lot, and I'm sure you guys have seen it too, is, you know, uh, why isn't this coming to Xbox 360? Uh, why isn't it coming to PlayStation 3? Oh, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. And um, I, I remember uh, reading a tweet from Pete Hines basically saying, like, listen, like, we really, we actually cannot do it. It's like, I think the words he used was it's physically impossible to get it on there. Yeah, it, it, would, be a, it would be a huge undertaking to look at any of that stuff and and you know we've we've had interviews in the past where people are asking like you know, every guys think about doing like Morrowind HD or or something like that and uh the BGS team is really forward thinking and always looking at their next project um mm-hmm. to to take people and put them onto uh something to to change something in each of these games or you know to start console development on any of it would just be, I mean, like Pete said, it would just be impossible. Like, if it, people want to play new games ever, uh, it just wouldn't happen. Well, you know what it is. Um, and as a fan, for me, I kind of feel the same way. But at the same time, I know I recognize the reason why I feel like that. And I think a lot of people feel this way, too, for the same reasons. And that's because every one of these games is absolutely, utterly fantastic. There's, there's not a single game in the Elder Scrolls series, all the way back to Arena, that I have played that I have not enjoyed in the, pre- in, enjoyed in the present day. These are unbelievably 
well put together, well thought out, extremely fun games, and they're timeless. Speaking of which, I have a little story to tell you really quick. If I want that occurred to me today, after talking mm-hmm. to my uncle, which I haven't talked to in a long time, when I was uh, 12, 13 years old, in my early teens, I'd go to my Uncle Bob's house and spend a night just to play his computer. And that was like the golden age of me and RPGs. It was in front of his computer playing some kind of RPG on DOSBox, that kind of thing. It was back then when he had a Voodoo 2 chip, you know. And there was one game, one RPG I could not for life me remember that I loved, loved playing. I did it for, I stayed at, I stayed at his house for an entire week playing it. And only today, after watching your uh, Arena video again... You realized it was Hexen? No, it was Arena. I thought I had never <laughs> played it before, and then after watching Varwin and seeing the later parts, it clicked, and that's exactly what I used to play, and I played it for hours. I beat it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, timeless, man. Amazing. <clears throat> yeah. And I think um, oh, it's a really cool story, John. I've never actually heard that one from you. It just occurred to me today. <laughs> oh, it's that game. I know that game. I know that one. I played the hell out of it. It was like my jaw <laughs> to the floor, like, all oh, this time is right in front of me. <laughs> I've been trying to find the stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's cool. And, it, and I've had Todd show me things in the past where uh, you know they're timeless and then kind of the storytelling of the Elder Scrolls and how people receive it uh, is timeless the, I, think I, would, it was, I, I, I would like for Todd to show me things why can't that happen <laughs> I, I think it was his well actually you can see this exact same thing uh, if you've never have you ever watched his dice presentation from two years ago mm-hmm. um, he goes into a whole thing about how um, you, we take the games, and each game is a new experience. It doesn't really necessarily feel like a sequel. If if you know the lore and stuff, you can appreciate all that stuff. But the way people react um, is generally the same. And it's like I think it was an Arena or Daggerfall PC gamer review that he puts up in his slideshow, and you're reading the review, and it's like unbelievable 3D visuals and going wherever you want to go. And and the whole thing, it reads like you're reading a Skyrim review, but it's for the game that's, you know, from 1995 or whatever. And so, <laughs> uh-oh, now I'm now I'm losing my dates. Uh, well, I mean, uh, we yeah, somebody. we know what you're getting at. Um, but I yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what what I'm I'm trying to recall here is the fact that people have such a a, a connection to the game because they're literally, uh, and I know this is by design, which is why I'm calling attention to it, they're literally creating the kind of person they want to be in this world that you're building for them, and they're going wherever they want to go and doing, you know, obviously within within some kind of reason, whatever it is they want to do. And the kind of connection that's built between, you know, the gamer and the game is, I've in, I have to be honest, I've, I've been gaming since, you know, obviously the early days and i've never had a connection with a game series like this ever in my life and i think that's what people are drawing on when they say can you make like a morrowind hd they want to relive those days and there's so much time between you know three and four and four and five that you only You're kind ex- of it through the new games themselves actually 
Yeah, and that's that's always been Bethesda's position. It's you, you think that was awesome. Wait till you see what we got coming out now, and and it's always uh, you can only really you, you play the game so many times, but really, honestly, you play it only once. Yeah, 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 totally. It, so, it's it's funny actually. I was uh, playing. Uh, I have a Wii U at home, and I downloaded the original Legend of Zelda uh, the other day, and uh, you know knew where everything was but i imagine for you know a kid today that that got the wii u and that's their first console um it's one of those things where they basically are having the exact same experience i had with the first zelda being overwhelmed or or skyrim or oblivion being overwhelmed with all these things you can do uh and not really you know as a product of the time you're focused on what the technology offers you then I mean, Zelda seemed like the most amazing thing in the world when I was seven. So yeah, we're gonna cool. get moving on the show. Matt, are you gonna hang out with us for the rest of the episode, or do you gotta go? Uh, what time are we at? We're at uh, seven forty-five Eastern. I could probably hang out. How many more segments you got? Probably another five, six. <laughs> okay, I can probably do another twenty more minutes if you want me. Uh, we'd love to have you as long as you want to be here. But first, I have to ask you a question. It's kind of sure. not Elder Scrolls related, but this is kind of your fault, and I'll explain this in a second. <laughs> um, I am starting a new show called Adrenaline Esports, which is all about action-based gaming, mm-hmm. and ever since PAX, I've had a love affair with a new game that you're involved in. Mm-hmm. You remember what you ma- let me play at PAX? I, uh, I hope uh, it was Wolfenstein, the new sure order. It sure was, yeah. Yeah, okay. I fell in love with that demo. And um, I was wondering, live on the air right now, no pressure, if I could get you on that show to talk to us about Wolfenstein on the 9th. On the 9th. You've got a date for me, huh? I do. Episode 3. October 9th? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. My schedule right now. I uh, hate to break it to all your, your listeners right now, but that is my Tokyo week. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, then we'll get you afterward. I'm in Tokyo. I'm Tokyo Drifting. You're Tokyo Drifting. Hey, Tokyo. <laughs> then, Matt, we'll set up a date afterward. Yeah, yeah. Shoot me an email and we'll figure that out. You got it, buddy. <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot, but yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. moving on. Glad I had the calendar, though. I'm glad I didn't commit to it and then uh, was asleep in another country. Uh, we'll get you on regardless and uh, talk to you about Wolfenstein's. That game was amazing. Uh, All righty. We're going to move on now that I'm done embarrassing myself. And Matt. <laughs> there Matt's is very good to us. He let Joe play Wolfenstein. He signed my credit copy of Game Informer last year. <laughs> yeah. Matt's awesome. I love talking to him every time we see him at the conventions. Yeah. Um, I send some socks your way. You'll really appreciate that. <laughs> I'll totally wear them. He will I will too. wear the hell out of those. And then he'll frame them after he wears them once. <laughs> Matt gave me these. <laughs> I'll show up to work in my Bethesda socks but check this out okay <laughs> all right guys um our, our friends over at Zenimax online studios revealed new armor sets for the red guard the bosmer and the dunmer and these look i gotta admit pretty sexy and these are all heavy armor yeah yeah yep. these are the heavy armor sets and they were revealed on monday september 16th um, here's what Zenimax had to say about their reveal, Ivarwin. 
Heavy armor offers adventurers excellent protection in battle, allowing them to deflect deadly blows and act as bulwarks for, oh, I love that word, for more lightly clad allies. Every race has its own approach to creating these impressive armors, and each has its own style. In this image, we reveal three concepts for heavy armor in Elder Scrolls Online. Which is your favorite? Oh my god, um, Totally the Red Guard. I mean, I'm just, I'm biased to Red Guard, like my favorite race in Elder Scrolls. Yeah? Oh, well, they always have been. You didn't know that? You should know that. Come on. Dude, are you kidding really? me? He plays a Red Guard in, like, every game. <laughs> right? Really? <laughs> the Dunmer is standing right there in all of its dark elven glory, and you're not praising it? It's Dude, the Wood Elf is a chick. Look how hot she looks, okay, even in that out armor. out of all that armor, the most maneuverable of all of them is the Red Guards. Oh if my god, who cares combat. about maneuverability when you're a freaking tank? <laughs> She's hot. It's the wood elf. D'Angelo, <laughs> come here, hit me. Come on. I uh, can take it. Uh, yeah, I meant five minutes, not 20, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, someone call my cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as he tweets, Nick Brecken. <laughs> However, the weapons of the wood elf are pretty dang hot. Right? Yeah. yeah. But you see, I'm going to be going. I'm going red. Red. I'm sorry, man. What was that? I say dark elf all the way. And when yes! I'm right now, I'm seeing like a little glint of red in the uh, visor. And it kind of reminds me like it's like Battlestar Galactica going back and forth. <laughs> right. The little uh, the little uh, light. Yep. Yeah. Now it's my new Cylon class. I'm going to name it Cylon. Cylon. Uh, Cylon G staff. <laughs> oh, I you know I can't wait. Okay, this game cannot come out soon enough. I swear. I know. I just know. can't. Every now and again, I wake up in uh, in cold sweat thinking I was playing the game at PAX. <laughs> right. Hold <laughs> <laughs> Mary Dominion for the win. Yeah. What do you think, Lou? What's your favorite? Wow. I mean, I'm like the Dark Elf armor. I mean, that just screams. You know, I'm about to ruin your day. <laughs> Hands down. I'm trying Look at to... That uh, shield. Look at that shield! Could, yeah. Y'all couldn't see through Skype, but I totally just smacked my head, stuck my tongue out, and waved my arms in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing money at that. <laughs> Take my money! Take my money! Take it off! <laughs> Alright, guys. We have two dev questions of the week to get into. We're going to go into number 38. And and we're going to play that right now. Hi, my name is James Lau. I'm a lead designer on The Elder Scrolls Online, and here's your question of the week. If you've played any of The Elder Scrolls titles, you've probably come across a few powerful artifacts in your adventures, such as Azura Star or the Staff of Magnus. If you were to design your own artifact, what would you call it, and what powers would it have? Can I answer? Can I answer? Can I answer? Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I want a two-handed sword with the like Mayroon's two-handed death sword with the same effect as Mayroon's dagger. I agree. Legit. Totally legit. Anybody else? What about what, what about you, Matt? What do you think? Um were, were you I able to hear the audio? Up up and I was paying attention to that and I actually didn't hear the question, so remind me of the question. Uh, if you were to create a uh, weapon in the Elder Scrolls Online, 
uh, an artifact weapon in Elder Scrolls Online, uh, what would it be and what kind of powers would it have? I, I'm kind of a battle axe type of person. Um, and anything I can have that's going to drain their powers or, or their uh, stamina, that's what I'm always looking for. Man, you guys are violent. <laughs> yeah, for real. I would I would pick I would literally make like a solid gold dragon's tongue flower that I would like point at people and they would run away. That's uh, you, almost you as ridiculous as your playstyle. I would yeah, I would make other people peace. <laughs> Dude. Flower power, man. <laughs> we we are all skipping over the one greatest thing that could possibly be, and that's the brother of the Wabajack. Wabajack. The, the, uh, the, I don't know, Blabajack, something. The anyway. Wabajack. Oh, Dave. <laughs> a flintlock the with Wabajill. the Wabajack ability. I want, instead of the Wabajack ability, I want it to look exactly the same as the Wabajack, because the Wabajack would look awesome, but I want it to be Sheograth's punishment. <laughs> You cast it on an enemy, and they teleport 500 feet in the air and fall to their death slowly, giving them time to think before they on the ground. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nice. Did we miss anybody else? Me. Ivarwin, go. Come on, man. Um, I, would, I would make the, uh, the uh, armor set of Meridia. The armor breaker? I yeah. believe it said weapon. I would make the. Uh, <laughs> I'd make a two-handed, the two-handed sword. Uh, no, the two-handed uh, warhammer of Meridia. Okay, that that could be nice. What, what kind of effect? Yeah. yeah, that could be pretty epic. Uh, it would. It would. Uh, it would incinerate undead on contact and you don't necessarily have to hit them with it it would have an aoe effect where if you slam the ground with it anyone inside the the aoe would it, any undead inside the aoe vampires included would incinerate <laughs> immediately and any friendlies would have a small amount of health returned i like that too dave that's a good idea matt are you taking notes for uh the- <laughs> Yep, I'm, I'm typing away furiously. <laughs> <laughs> <So> patronized. <laughs> I, am, I am looking at. Uh, I just started looking for Wabajack stuff on Google Image Search and found a, uh, I don't know, a dragon horse, My Little Pony like thing holding it. And uh, I'm kind of mesmerized by it right now. Yeah, that's me, IRL. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, Joe, we forgot about that. We got to do that. Yeah. Matt, we got an email in from a listener who, we get these quite a bit. They confuse us to be actually Bethesda when we're not. So we figured, since we just got this email from a fan by the name of Sarah, who uh, thought we were, you guys, we thought we'd go ahead and read it to you. Okay, bring it. Uh, Shank, I'm going to let you read it. <coughs> As Shank. Oh, it's whatever he wants. I don't care either way. Hey there. My name is... Sa- wow, Varwin, really? Hey there. My, my name is Sarah, and I'm a huge fan of your Elder Scrolls games. Right now, I've fallen head over heels for Skyrim. Great job. 
I'm sure that due to your increasing popularity, you've got fans in every which way coming to you with a list of, quote, hey, this would be really cool if you had this in your next game slash new add-on quests, end quote, requests. I'm just going to add myself to that group, ha, and suggest, even though you may have heard this one many times, an add-on with mermaids. Dude, I, I like this chick. Something along the lines of plundering for treasure or a powerful new weapon. Perhaps with a lot of water, and the mermaids could be hostile in retaliation to you wanting their goods. With whatever updates you make on the game slash upcoming games in the future, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for reading my email. I really appreciate it. A fan, Sarah. Where do you start there? Right. First, the, the whole part about a lot of water, I agree. You know, What are you going to do with a mermaid if there's no water around? Um, but mermaid, I would want the merman. Um, merman, merman. <laughs> um, yeah, that's something. How, how would a mermaid look in the Elder Scrolls? Like right now, I'm actually imagining like a half man or half woman, half horker uh, <laughs> as mermaid. That uh, image came into my head wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking that's the way you do it. You, you you're like, hey Todd, you know, just a horker with lady the arms. Horker. It's 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 for all our fans that want mermaids, but it's a horker man, and, <laughs> and I think I, I I probably walk out of the, the office disappointed, but you know like maybe I'm seeding something, so one day one day it might happen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. That is awesome. <laughs> Best response what, ever. Picture this horker with like blonde flowing hair, just like slapping its fins, saying, "My treasures." <laughs> Come back! Come over here! <laughs> Give us a kiss. A little, a little like, like a postcard, and underneath it, it says, "I'm so horker." <laughs> See, now I'm kind of hoping that doesn't happen because we'll get the death threats here at the show. <laughs> that is awesome. You need to add, you need to that with the uh, pirate DLC that you guys, you guys forgot to announce for Skyrim. Yar. <laughs> <laughs> so this is talk like a pirate day today. It is. So we have another development question, guys. We have yeah. two for you this week. Woo! And here we go. Hi, my name's Eric Bakudis, and I'm a lead content designer on the Elder Scrolls Online. This is your question of the week. While scouting in Cyrodiil, you come across a group of three enemy soldiers camped around a fire. You have the element of surprise on your side. The first soldier is in plate armor and wields a staff. Another's in robes and has a bow. The third is in leathers and wields a two-handed axe. How would you go about dispatching this group? OMG, that's like the best question they've ever done. I've, I've got an answer for this one, too. Go for it. My biggest threat is the guy who's wearing the leather armor two-hand sword because I'm going to be a red guard two-wielding two, uh, or two-handed, so I'm going to use my CC on him right away, death grip the archer, pull him in, bash him in, and then um, run over the mage, take him out, and eventually go for the uh, two-handed one-on-one. But try to maintain close combat with them. That is very close how I would have taken that. Very close. Like, I honestly would have tried to CC the heavy armor mage 
then I would have gone and uh, tried to just, you know, probably one shot the the archer because archers are squishy, and uh, then I would have tried to go toe to toe with the the two handed dude before the CC was up if I could uh, on the the mage because dude yeah the dude with in the leather with the axe he's going to be your biggest threat. He's going to have a heavy stamina load, so he's going to be able to dodge you and hit hard yep. with a lot of power power shots. So he would be my biggest threat by far. Yeah. What about uh, you, Lou? Well, I'd be looking at my arsenal first. If I have any AOE abilities, I'm going to make sure those are all prepped and ready to go. But everyone's right. Yeah, the plate guy with the staff, yes, he's definitely getting controlled. Silence, whatever whatever I got in my arsenal to, to quiet him or get him out of the fight for a few seconds... He's my first target, and then the deal with the axe because, you know, when that hits, that's going to hurt. <laughs> so yeah. if I can make a beeline for him at the, after the onset of starting with the silence intros or whatever I've got for crowd control, yeah, I'm making a beeline for him and try and burn him down as quick as I can and then work on to the third guy next. What about you, Matt? Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I was thinking of, you know, like what you were saying chaining them over to you and then and then attacking but then i thought you know other oh, scrolls online i can play with my friends so i'm just gonna watch them take care of it <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw lou out Where's there Matt? he's we'll, with shank <laughs> we'll show we'll, we'll throw shank out there as a diversion it's a brilliant answer <laughs> right <laughs> uh, Dude, honestly i i would i would just sneak around with matt <laughs> <laughs> Be back there with Matt. Just kind of survey the scene. Eh. Yeah, Matt, hey, Joe, Matt, you like to fight? Like Go get him. You and I would be great teammates, dude. Done. <laughs> what about you, Marwin? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would actually CC the uh, the, the two handed axe guy. Yeah, CC. What's up? I'd CC him, and then I'd line of sight the uh, the the mage and the archer, and have them run over to me. If that's a mechanic that's allowed in in the game. Um, once they're over at me, I would uh, I would AOE them and have my main target be the mage. Uh, once I dispatch the mage and try and see if I can have some damage over time ticks going down on the uh, on the archer. Clean up the mage, get the archer, and then go into the uh, have a battle royale with uh, Mister Two Handed Axe. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus. Two Handed Axe, dude, you got to go toe to toe with. Yeah, you keep him as far away as because the uh, the thing is, is that the other two, the mage and the and the archer, have the ability to do a tremendous amount of DPS. Mm. So you know, but they're also you know. Well, I squishy. look at it as if the mage is he's wearing heavy armor. Obviously, he's a mage because his staff is what is going to determine what he is. Right. His mana pool is going to be probably less than what it should be. So he's probably only going to get a few really good shots on you because he is using heavy armor. That's why I was thinking the guy in the well, me- medium armor with the with the bow would, or light armor might be a bigger threat. Mage with heavy armor, though, could have a lot of healing spells and make the fight extremely long, no matter how much damage you are doing to it. So it may actually be a good idea to CC that guy and draw in the the archer and uh, the guy with the two handed axe, and then have especially a, if have he's a, your actually your favorite class. They didn't tell you tell us what class they were, just their armor and weapon. 
I, I still say Matt and I have the best strategy. Just just sit back and watch and just. <laughs> Boys did good. good. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> High five. <laughs> you well-timed stuns and interrupts could tear up anybody, no matter how heavy of armor they're wearing. If they don't have the mana pool to back it up, if they waste some mana on some some big hits that they thought were going to go through, but they got stunned out of them, that could be devastating, no matter what type of defenses they have up. Yeah, that's true. If the big swinging big axe guy misses, because, you know, everyone can dodge... You know, that's going to cost that person a lot of uh, stamina. Mm-hmm. It may just be by either two or three seconds you need to burn them down fast enough or hurt them enough to where they got to back off in the fight. Possibilities. Yeah. Actually, I'd, <laughs> I'd sit there and watch him and call in Yvarwin and Dave because those are my two fighter buddies. What up? Yeah. Yeah. We sort of stand on the side of Joe with him in the middle. We're kind of like, you know, yeah, we're his bouncers. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> Although Joe doesn't really need it because he kills everything with a two-handed sword anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> this game can't get out. Ugh. I know, um, right? Matt, uh, is it time to say goodbye? Yeah, I'm getting uh, getting notes from the wife and uh, a lot of, lot of uh, setting up the house for, uh, for a little baby G-staff. So <laughs> got to head out in a little bit. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah very exciting. Is this your first? It will be my first. Oh, man. Aww. Aww, congratulations. Hey. The G-Staff Dova Kid. Any idea what uh, the gender is so far? I found out last week. It's a baby girl. Oh, nice. Hey, congratulations. Wow. congratulations. Any I've... ideas on the name? Yep. Yep, yep. Good. We're getting there. We'll, we'll uh, have more on that to come. Okay. Matt, it was an honor having you again, buddy, for the second time. You are welcome on our shows at any time you like. Sounds good. And uh, uh, for the uh, other thing we were talking about, let me know on Wolfenstein. You got it. Yeah, I'll throw an email your way, and you'll just figure out what Wednesday would be good for you and get you on. Cool. All right, guys. Oh, that is a great name. <laughs> I typed in Skype. Uh, I don't, just don't name her Isolda. <laughs> uh, I'll bring it up at dinner tonight. Maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, <don't> do it. <laughs> maybe the adoring baby. <laughs> uh, have a fantastic night, Matt. Thank you again for joining us. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. Talk to you later. Good night. Take care, Bye. Matt. Oh, that was fantastic having him on. Good times. Matt's always a blast to have on the air. Yeah. That's actually the first time I talked to him. He is a gentleman and a scholar, I must say. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's so much fun to talk to in person, too. Yeah. What a funny guy. All right, guys. We have some emails to get into, and actually the first one we have is a voicemail. So I'm going to play that right now. Hey guys, thanks for taking the time to uh, hear me out here. I just had a couple of questions I'd like maybe your opinion on. Um, I came from Dark Age of Camelot. Basically, that was my first experience with an MMO, and really the only one that stuck with me. I played a little bit of WoW, but it wasn't the same. Um, in Dark Age, uh, you had your th- your three realms, and you all met up in the New Frontiers area, which is where I'm hearing a similarity um, with Cyrodiil and the, and the three factions. 
I'm wondering if you guys have ever thought, especially you, because uh, Lou, I know you played that game, you've mentioned it before, um, do you think that cross-realming could be something that could cause a problem in this game, like um, the way it did with Dark Ages, when one realm had the uh, the relic or whatever, everybody else on the other sides would just go to that side to, uh, you know, to win in RVR, and, um, and uh, just kind of the kind of the chicken way of, out of it um and the other question i had is um saying that there are some materials for crafting that can only be found in cyrodiil uh do you think that we're at a point with mmos where these farmer types that uh you know they come out overnight with their with their epic little team and then you know they have a web store where you where you pay for a huge bulk amount of this of this material so you don't have to actually go and do it yourself. I think that kind of did a little bit of destruction to the games that I've played before too, which also makes me favor the subscription-based um, payment method because if you're just doing the Guild Wars style where you pay because you want something, um, these farmer guys that are out there are always going to have the price cheaper and, you know, the, the ESO staff is pretty much not going to be getting paid and they're not going to have the money to develop and you know give us more stuff so i think it makes the most sense to me to um do the subscription base because i think that's a real issue that could happen but uh i'd just like to get an opinion from you guys see if you had any feedback on that or input thanks bye all righty then and who was that from that was from uh hollow all right do we have any thoughts on this i mean i obviously i have something to say but i'd rather you guys take this if you if you would like um i can answer the farming bit at least from my perspective do it, is, do it. Uh, we always say winter grass winter grass winter grass whenever we're referring to uh cyrodiil because in my mind that's the closest thing described that could possibly be as near to cyrodiil as it has been described to date and when i when i played wow my experience was i i liked crafting i really did I know WoW crafting was terrible and all, hate me for it, whatever. But one big thing was the best way during Wrath of the Lich King to obtain titanium was to farm in Wintergrass, so the, the PvP open area zone. I would go out in the middle of the night just to farm titanium. I loved it. It was a rush because you don't know what's going to be around the next turn but you know that there's a titanium node over there. It it was a lot of fun, <laughs> scary as hell, but I loved it. And I definitely did it. As as a gatherer, I'm going to love going in and, and gathering in Cyrodiil well. the well. nice thing, Dave, is is that when you look at the terms of scale, Wintergrass is from World of Warcraft. And it's a, a, right. a, a battleground, if you will. If you look at terms of scale, Wintergrass is like the size of a village inside of Cyrodiil. That's what I'm hoping, is that this is going to be a mega winter grass where I can go everywhere and farm and just sneak up on people and stab them in the back and steal their titanium. That's what I'm wanting. Is, <laughs> I think that'd be great. This is, again, a naive newbie question, but is farming literally just going out and just constantly gathering the same resource over and over and over again? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Just started to get, build up a, a store of... of um, useful items for your trade skills. Gotcha, okay. Or to sell those useful items for trade skills to someone else who needs them. Oh, so you can make money off it. Oh, big time. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. One of the biggest oh, ways of I making made a lot of money off that. Yeah, one of the biggest ways of making um, in-game currency in an MMO is to go out and farm crafting materials for other people. For other people. Yes. And they purchase the crafting materials from you to craft what they need to craft. Usually at an exuberant price if it's something like a rare item like you would get in the middle of Cerdo. Well then, gents, I'm rubbing my hands together. <laughs> <laughs> you know that little cartoon moment where you know that usually the cartoon has a the cartoon character has a moment of like wealth pops in his brain. I just pictured uh, Shanks' eyes changing to dollar signs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a big silly grin. <laughs> Um, as for the first part, Ivarwin and Lou, you guys got anything on that? Certainly do. Ivarwin? Um, after you, if you have any. Um, I would I would probably just say, now Lou, maybe you can back me up on this, that um, Cyrodiil is probably more like uh, Frontier in, in DAOC. What do, you, what do you think about that, Lou? Uh, it is. Um, going back, you know, trying to remember, I know, again, like some of the folks that are working on ESO's PvP model, they're, you know, they also hail from Mythic, so they have experience with uh, Dark Age of Camelot. And to your question, uh, the original post was question in pose of realm versus realm versus realm. Yes, that did happen, um, where the cheap way out was, you know, they rolled characters, uh, they went to play on the opposite faction. Uh, but I'm trying to remember that, but that was a later change, because originally when Dark Age of Camelot came out, when you created a character on a server, you were told to choose one of three <clears throat> factions, and then once you made that decision, you could no longer make characters on the other factions. Meaning, if you chose to roll a Midgard, you could never create a character for the Albion or from or for Hibernia. You know, honestly, Lou, they on, have on server. ESO. They already developed a failsafe system against this for jumping ship, and that's the fact that when you go in, when you're assigned to a uh, what do they call them? A of campaigns. A campaign. When you're assigned to a campaign, they have a cap number that each alliance is allowed to have in that campaign. And it will cost you to leave the campaign and go to a new one. And then trying to get in that same campaign with another character might be impossible, especially if that other, that uh, winning side, as you put it, already is capped out. It will be impossible. Right, which which is a great great help, because yeah, that, that did... Hey, that sucked a lot in <laughs> Dark Age. When you all of a sudden, just because you start to lose, you know, your your realm, you know, your your strength got less and less. And that did affect PvP uh, in the long run. Um, so hopefully with this in place, with the cap, campaign cap, that's going to stop that. So, you know, it, it'll give all three realms an equal chance of stomping each other into the ground for that throne, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I am, like we said, like I said last week, I am getting more and more and more excited for ESO's PvP than I have ever have been for any MMO PvP, just because the more information they give us on it, little tidbits here and, bear te- here and there they're teasing us with, feels like a really fleshed out, balanced type of system that is a lot different than you can find in any MMO today. That's what I'm hoping for. Alrighty. And we have another email, and I'm going to ask Dave to read this one. Yes. It says, hello, Shank, Dave, and other not-so-nameless adventurers. 
<laughs> Shank, I like that. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Isn't it? <laughs> As we all know, Elder Scrolls games have something for everyone and huge amount of customization through some parts are much more complex and some streamlined. If you can import, if you can improve some aspect of upcoming ESO ES6 games, what would it be? What I would improve is on incoming upcoming games is decisions should matter. I should feel like I'm part of the world, not a tourist in the theme park. More depth in PCs, companions, and house carls. At the moment, I don't feel anything toward my companions other than that when they die, remember to pick up their gear and get on with it. <laughs> I hate I hate that, and I hope that we get more depth when it comes to this. More feeling and shock moments to the game. More moments like, your family gets murdered if you don't protect them, or your companion would some point sacrifice themselves for your escape. If they like you or leave you to die because they hate you with Skyrim, I wouldn't feel a thing because they feel like mannequins. Anyway, that's it. I hope the best for you all and let no painted cow or naked man stop you. Really got to bring up the naked man. <laughs> Signed by crazy Finnish person. Stop the naked man, Dave. As for number two, when it comes to companions, they've already said that there are no companions in game except for brief quest moments when they're in relation to a quest. Um, your companions are going to be more in-depth because they're human beings. All right, guys. Um, go ahead. Go, I can- go. I can definitely feel the number one where it feels like Skyrim is a theme park because I was walking around today and I had, you know, a fire in my hands and there are people are like, do you even know how to control that fire? I'm the freaking master of the, the mages college. Yes, I know how to control the dang fire. I feel like people should know this. Well, you're, you're right on that. I mean, how many times have, have we brought up on the show that exact thing? I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely, the, the world needs to feel like you made a dent. Right. I think, uh, I think number two here, I've actually heard uh, more, de- more in-depth NPCs. I've heard Todd Howard speak exactly to, to that point right there, that they're, they're looking to, to make your interaction with the world and NPCs far more in-depth, but the technology is, is not there yet, but... You know that's definitely on there. It's definitely on their checklist. They're like they're yeah, actively looking for that. Elder right. Scrolls Six has a lot more of that. I I bet you it will. Yeah, I mean for the companions, especially for you know or you know the old D and D board I'm going to use the henchmen that you get, you know to aid in your adventures. You know, um, I kind of like what Zolotor tried to do with your companions. You know, they gave you side stories, side missions with them. Um, you know, and if you played any of the Bioware games, like especially with Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, when you actually you know had your party formed, you know you actually got missions to do with them, saying, "All right, this is what well, let's bring up Dragon Age." Okay, Morgan asks you to take care of Flemeth. You know that's one of the side campaigns to help gain her you know, her loyalty. You know, we I, I think this person wants that kind of involvement, those kinds of. Uh, I guess storylines in there intertwined with the main characters say, all right, this is not just some nameless person that just, you know, comes with me everywhere I go. You know, I'm actually going to do something to get that person involved with me to make them important to 
me and you know and vice versa all right then um i'm reading number three again real quick i I definitely would like to see love hate relationships with companions in elder scrolls six i kind of you know like that uh where was it? Right at the very beginning of, of Skyrim, where you have to pick the different paths. You have to pick to go with the dude from the Imperials or the dude from yes. the Stormcloaks. Yes. I want that sort of feel a lot more, where, you know, if you don't follow the one companion, somebody's going to die. You know, I, one or the other. And yes, it may not matter in the long run, but it matters to you. Um, gets, that's so true. That's, no, I, I, I have to vehemently disagree with that. I don't I don't want some some Bioware you know, uh, social system with my companions in Elder Scrolls games, man. That, oh, no way. I would not like that at all. I'm kind of with you on that one, too. I don't know. It just... I, I, I wouldn't want the full-on Bioware, but I would like some companions to be like, you know, if you have a, a Thieves Guild dude with you and you start killing people like crazy, the Thieves Guild dude's gonna needs to be like, dude, I'm not okay with this. So sort of like engaged and kind of react to what you're doing like in a more in-depth sort of way I, 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 I can kind of see like not not so much like Bioware but yeah I see where you're coming from Dave yeah the, the Bioware thing is hey let's stop gameplay to stare at our companion's right. face and then pick talk <laughs> options no I don't like that yeah alrighty we're gonna go ahead and move into the crafting table and Dave got to experience the aliens mod oh man uh first off i'd like to say thank you Avarwin, for picking this mod <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome um now let me i i have to pick this apart first off i want to say that if you are a fan of aliens or the aliens universe you will probably like this mod i personally gave it a seven out of ten um, it's it's not perfect by any means. Each piece of the mod is it needs work. The the dungeon itself has a few graphical errors because it it's not perfect. Uh, the the models are amazing. First off, I want to say they are amazing, but not perfect. The sounds they kept the mod small. By pulling in sounds that already exist in the game, which, by the way, were awesome. So, I want to say that it's not perfect. It's not the perfect mod by any means, but everything brought together makes this a damn good mod. I really enjoyed it. Honestly, I would love to see this mod get expanded so much more. It's What the mod is, is you basically walk up on a hive and well, once you find it and when you get into the hive you just take out all of the the aliens that are in there and i believe there's four different species of alien within this hive there's like the face hugger the normal uh drone then there's the praetorian and uh the queen all in this one hive so it's pretty neat that they have so many models. It's very well placed. The models are put together reasonably well for where you'd expect if you were to actually enter an alien hive. There's also alien eggs that you can loot and pick up face huggers that you can eat, which doesn't really match the storyline, but it's kind of funny. That's disgusting. I love it. 
Have you seen those things? Oh. Yeah, dude, I have a toy of it, like, right here. <laughs> uh, but this is this was just eye candy for me. My, this, personally, I love the Aliens and Predators storylines, and this just got me hooked. I would, I would download this a million times over and play it a million times over. Personally, for me, I will never get rid of this just because of how much I love these the this storyline. And though an Elder Scrolls fan would not probably like that these creatures were just dropped onto their world, and but it kind of fits with the alien storyline of they're just a an outer space ant basically, and they make a hive wherever they can, they land. So I like that. I like it. Awesome. So it's a is it a play for? Is it a play or not play? I definitely would say play. It's enjoyable. Awesome. Ivarwin, the new mod challenge of the week. That's right, everyone. This week's mod challenge. Uh, here's how it works. If you do not know, mod challenges for one host only for that week. I'm going to announce who the challenge is for. I'm going to drop a link in our show notes. The host <clears throat> is going to click the link and read off what the mod is. And the host has until the next show to install and try the mod and report on the very next episode. Uh, although, this week is going to be a little bit different because there is a great video that accompanies this this mod and explains it perfectly. So, want me to play it? There's the link. Yes, please play the link. Uh, then I'll, yeah, it's a good idea. Then I'll announce who it's for. Let me um, unmute it. There we go. What's going on, everyone? For this Skyrim mod video, I'm featuring Helgen Reborn, which is a large quest mod that focuses on you rebuilding the town of Helgen. So this mod adds several new quests, which takes a few hours to complete, but it's fun, well-written, has great voice actors, and has a few fun things to do that are pretty cool, such as an arena part called Fight Cave, where it's basically like the Oblivion's arena system, where you fight to the death for gold. Let's have a big round of applause for your favorite green Myrmidon! Mark! Mark, Mark the So, without giving away too much about the main quest of the mod, you'll reunite two old soldier friends, start rebuilding Helgen, hire some guards, train them, and then you'll resurface a decade-old feud with an old Justicar from the Aldmeri Dominion. And he's doing some shady stuff, so you investigate that and get caught up in that. Overall, the quest is great, well-paced, well-written, has great voice actors, and I think the Helgen Reborn mod is probably one of the best quest mods out for Skyrim currently. As for the rebuilding Helgen part, at the end of the quest, Helgen will now be a decently sized town with many NPCs living inside of it, and it has several new buildings, such as a general store, an apothecary, a blacksmith, and more. You'll even get access to your own player home in the Helgen Center, called the Private Tower, which has a couple of rooms, has a pretty large basement, as well as a very large cavern where you can have trophies of different monsters you kill. Overall, the mod adds a lot of content, about four to five hours worth, and it took me pretty much the whole evening to play through, and I really enjoyed it. So if you're looking for new things to do in Skyrim, Helgen Reborn is a great mod to play through. Anyways, that's it for this Skyrim mod video. Thanks for watching. That looks awesome. Looks pretty cool, huh? It does. I'm jealous. Yeah. It's not going to me. I choose you, Shank! <laughs> Shank, you have accepted the mod challenge of the week. You have until next week to install, play, and then report on whatever okay. this mod's called. 
Right. <laughs> Dude, oh, the arena. Oh, as soon as they said there's an arena in there, a la Oblivion, I freaked. That's okay. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to subscribe right now. <laughs> well, yeah, you got one week to do it, sir. That's right. Oh, my God. Report it's back to us next eggs. Thursday. Will do. I might do I it anyway myself. Saturday, just for, That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. You know, I might download this myself just for the heck of doing it. Because I always thought do about it. what if Helgen got reborn or if they rebuilt it. Or why didn't they? Well, no. There you go. Guys, send us emails. You know, uh, it's uh, the mod challenge of the week is is for the hosts, but it's also for you guys out there too. I want to, I want to get some of your emails. Tell me what you thought about the mod as well, and we'll feature it on the show. Even let us know if you think it should be a player pass. All right, as Shank is drooling over his challenge for the week, Lou, <laughs> it is time for the lore segment. Louing with lore. <laughs> Thank you very much, kind sir. And today we're going to go with part two of Necromancy. The Black Arts on Trial. The Dead as Tools for the Living. And just as a quick refresher, The Black Arts on Trial, it's a tome written by Hannibal Traven, a former Archmaster of the Mages Guild. Remember, we had the first two parts last week. Today we're going to wrap it up with part three and the afterword of the book. So, without further ado, part three, the conclusion. The risks of studying necromancy outweigh its usefulness. The guild does not wish to censor the study of any of its members, but it will not tolerate studies in the black arts, except in limited form for the purpose of combating its evil adherents. This may only be done by rare individuals who have proven themselves both highly skilled and highly cautious, and then only with my express permission and supervision. And there's an afterword, to which he writes, I regret to acknowledge the truth behind the rumor that Magister Lucetta Grakog was more than an apologist for necromancy. She was a necromancer herself. Upon this revelation, the Knights of the Lamp attempted to arrest her at the Guildhouse in Orsinium, but she made good her escape. We have every confidence in the replacement Magister in Orsinium. Though I disagreed... I respected her logical reasoning enough to include her arguments in this book, and I see no reason to remove them. It is disappointing, however, to see that her interest in the truth was nothing more than a euphemism for her slavery to the black arts. This unfortunate situation merely illustrates how essential it is for guild members to be wary of the lure of necromancy and be vigilant to its practitioners' infiltration in our mages' guild. And I just wanted to add another quick little look at another little book for necromancy. This one is called The Necromancer's Moon. The author unknown. Brothers and sisters of the worm, despair not at the trials we now face, for our time comes swiftly. The god of worms watches over our order and will deliver us from these troubled times on the day of reckoning. Until then, perform his works in secret, serve his needs, and look to the skies for his signs. The revenant the necromancer's moon watches over us all. His form, ascended to godhood, has taken its rightful place in the sky and hides the enemy arcade from us so that we may serve him. Watch for the signs. When the heavenly light descends from above, hasten to his altars and make your offerings so that he may bless you with but a taste of his true power. Grand soul gems offered to him will be darkened and can be used to trap the souls of the unwitting, a feat even the great Nagasta would marvel at. 
Stay faithful to the Order of the Black Worm, and in time your loyalty will be rewarded. Soon he will return to set the world right in due time, and those who would stand in his way will suffer eternally at his hands, just as those who stood opposed before. Until that day, you must believe and be patient. Hide in your caves, in your ruined forts, in your secret lairs. Raise your minions, summon your servants, cast your spells. Answer the call of the order when you are needed. Watch and listen. Next week, Necromancy takes another look, and we'll go further into Terror Inspires. And I want to say thank you to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, the Elder Scrolls Wiki, and the Imperial Library for the information out there on the lore. Take a look at them. Lots of great information. Hope you all enjoyed it. Dude, that's sick because like you can actually make you know how we're talking about grand soul gems and make them into black soul gems yeah you can actually do that in oblivion it's sick (laughs) (laughs) you can uh do that in skyrim as well uh in the dragon no the dawn guard dlc wait really yes when you go to uh oblivion or they call wow. it soul, soul whatever. cairn. Soul cairn. Yeah, there's these pedestals where you can uh, make black soul gems. I've played this game more than 750 hours, and I didn't even know that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Now it's gonna be 800 hours. That's back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou. Thanks as always for your awesome lore. And guys, it's time to wrap up the show. No. Yeah, I know. No. no. But it's got to happen at some point tonight. And no, I'm whoa, having too much fun. That point is now. No. I got to always be the bad guy. <laughs> the point can be later. Our final thoughts are <laughs> thanks again, Matt, for coming on the show and talking to us about the latest release of all the awesomeness of Elder Scrolls games. And, um, yeah, PvP, ESL keeps getting better. Yvonne? Uh Yeah, Matt, thanks so much for, uh, for hanging out with us today. Uh, you're a you're, uh, great guest, as always, and I appreciate some of the uh, in-depth insight on uh, the anthology. Uh, as far as those uh, armor pieces go, I didn't want to say this at the time, but I totally agree on Dark Elf. Sort of feel like a traitor to the Dominion, but whatever. <laughs> well, I said Red Guard. No, no, so. we can appreciate good armor. Sure. And Lou. Well, as everyone mentioned before, a great big thank you to Matt Grandstaff for joining us tonight, and congratulations to him and the wife for their new new one on the way. Lady staff. Lady. <laughs> Lady staff and a Dova baby. Um, <laughs> But it was great having those two dev questions for the week. Uh, as Joe was saying earlier before, this game is making PvP more attractive to every... I guess it's making it more appealing to every playstyle out there. You know, and I think that's a great step, and I think it's going to make this game even better. And we're seeing it. Oh, heck yeah. And Dave? Um, i got to say really quick another thing on the armor. The most reasonable one is the Red Guard. Like that's the most reasonable armor in there. The the ridiculous heavy armor of the dark elf, you couldn't take two steps in that without falling down. And the boob armor of the wood elf would break your sternum the first time you're hit. So yeah, the red guard's the most reasonable. Uh but definitely I'm so glad to have G Staff on the show. He's so cool. 
welcome back anytime, brother. And Lou. Not Lou, Shank. <laughs> okay, well, I'm Lou, apparently. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, G-Staff, dude, you're awesome, man. Um, I didn't get to do this on the air, but you have received my much-coveted huge G award this week. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that all episode. Uh, <laughs> all righty, it's time for our QGN community segment, Andy Varwin. I love how he says it's much coveted. <laughs> right? Like, there's just people like writing in. All right. All right. So for our community segment, guys, uh, if if you uh, if if you're a fan, if you're a follower, if you're a listener, you're part of the community, and we thank you for that. Check up on the latest and greatest in Elder Scrolls news, general gaming, and how to join our wonderful growing community which already includes you all at elder scrolls off the record.com this network is the quest gaming network and you can uh, you can get all of our stuff the quest gaming network.com is our website all right you can stay connected to all of the latest news from xbox playstation rift and elder scrolls from quest gaming network.com uh, you can donate to our shows as well and ten dollars gets a special mention if you prefer it uh, don't forget to follow our other shows as well if you like this one. Rift Off the Record Live is on Sundays at 7 p.m. And Dungeon Quest has come back, ladies and gentlemen. Dungeon Quest has come back. We will be recording that Yay! show every other week now on um, Mondays, right, Joe? Every other Monday. Yeah, and I can't wait for the next one. I had so much fun last Monday doing it. It was ridiculous. Oh, dude. It was fantastic. This uh, The 16th we, we recorded... Dungeon Quest Episode Five. It restarts a a brand new storyline that's going to take uh, several several episodes to tell. And the next one, I believe, is slated for the thirtieth. That would be correct. So uh, listen close and go to dungeonquestofftherecord.com. And uh, hey, questgamingnetwork.com will portal you right on over to Dungeon Quest. Uh, as well so so for all things quest gaming network go to questgamingnetwork.com uh if you want to email the show you can email us at elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com uh tell us tell us what's up tell us what's going on in a brand new elder scrolls game what you're doing uh maybe a mod that we recommended on the show give us uh like joe said uh player pass you know let us know how how you're doing in games uh, regarding Elder Scrolls, uh, how, how things are going with how you feel about news as well regarding Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com. Uh, check out all of our you? latest gaming videos Hello? and our user guides, how to guides, Hello? and recorded. What's that, Joe? Been trying to interrupt you for like 10 minutes now. Sorry, man. <laughs> I just wanted to bring up that Adrenaline Esports, the new podcast, is coming out this coming Wednesday on the 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Just did a heads up. Yeah, look, look forward to that because. We're getting, if you're a fan of MOBAs or uh, first-person shooters, anything eSports, we're pulling in developers that want to talk about their game, and we're putting them on the show, and you're going to hear first-hand interviews on this show on a regular basis from all over the eSports community. We're going to be pulling these developers in, talking to them, bringing them right straight to uh, to you. That's right. Again, uh, if you want to check out all of our gaming videos, how-to guides, and recorded Twitch streams, you can go to our YouTube channel, 
which is at youtube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network. And speaking of streams, uh, you can find those at twitch.tv forward slash Quest Gaming Network. You, you guessed it right. Uh, nightly. We do them every single day, seven days a week. We've got something going on. Just uh, head over to twitch.tv forward slash Quest Gaming Network to find our schedule. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter because... If you follow us on Twitch, you're going to get a notification on Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter, you'll get a notification as well when we go live. Facebook is something we do. Facebook.com forward slash Elder Scrolls off the record is the Facebook for this show. And speaking of Twitter, the show is at Elder Scrolls OTR. Uh, you could follow Joe at the widget. That's W-I-G-I-T. I'm a Varwin. You could follow me at a Varwin. E-V-A-R. W-Y-N. Lou is at GamerGuy11B. That's G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-1-1-B. And Dave is at D-Enforce. D-I-E-N-F-O-R-C-E. You can follow the network at Quest Gaming. And Shank is at ShankTank. S-H-A-N-K-T-H-T-A-N-K. And follow him, guys. If you really enjoy Pumice Stones, he's got some great savings on his Twitter account. Uh, I think it's a 40% off for Pumice Stones that come directly from Hawaii and other islands around that area. Uh, he knows a guy who knows a guy who knows Janine who knows a girl at uh, Shank the Tank. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network <laughs> production in association with Millet Network. And I just want to say foose for all you all next week. <laughs> Take care, guys. Be safe. Be the foose be with you. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Thank you for being here. I hope to see you all again next week. Poose Roadie, y'all. We'll see you next time. Don't forget your pumice stones. Oh, who's, uh, who's that guy on your picture there? What are you seeing? Oh, looks like some dude with a cookie in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, looks like a guy with a cookie. Is that Todd Howard goofing off? <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm gonna taunt people from now. I'm gonna slap my head and wiggle my tongue out at them. With the hands above the head too. Yeah. I'm going to be doing that from now on every time I clear like a, a, a Dwimmer ruin. I'm getting excited about it. I legit can't believe the pumice stone r- gag is still running. <laughs> right? Jeez. That was a train that just wasn't stopping. I couldn't put it back in my mouth. <laughs> what am I even saying? <laughs> Do you, you want to hear what my mom sounds like when I have a fever and she catches me doing something like that, Joe? Hmm. What are you doing? You should drink water. Water's going to get rid of that fever, not that crap you're drinking right now. Give me that. <laughs> so, well, I guess the question still stands. How much do I have to pay Dan to get naked and do it? <laughs> Who knows? Something else to take up with him, not me. Yeah. Get down. Oh, where's Dan? <laughs> <laughs> On a similar note, I am completely naked right now. Yeah, see, I was I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure it's a sure bet that Dave and I have nothing, have not but a keyboard draped about our collective person whenever we record. <laughs> On that note, exit stage right. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Best Gaming Network. Great people, great podcasts, a better network.